0: Welcome to the Allow Me to Clarify podcast. If you are new here, welcome, first and foremost. And this is what you can expect on this show. It is a place where I really like to showcase stories and examples of people who have taken their lives into their own hands. They've decided to be open-minded. They've decided to soften their hearts and open up to the possibilities of what this world, what their lives can be and not letting external circumstances control them, not letting judgment or shame or expectations guide their direction in life, but actually letting their passion, their desires, their joy, what sparks life within them to be their inner compass. And I use the Lingo Inner Compass today because the guest that I've got with me is Dana Whitby. And we are talking about her new oracle deck, the Inner Compass Oracle that she is releasing. It's been a long time coming. It's going on pre-order on April 28th of 2023. This will already be published at that point, but it should be ready around June, July of 2023. So she tells us, all about how to use it, how she uses it, what inspired it. It is such a beautiful deck, both visually and what's the word I'm looking for here? Metaphorically, (laughs) it's not the right word, but the way that she interprets these cards, the meaning behind them, the actual storyline that this inner compass takes us through is Truly so beautiful. I seriously think I had chills from like starting recording to ending recording. No joke. If you know me by now, you know that that's what happens to me when when I'm really feeling the jazzed up vibe of whoever I'm talking to and when I can tell that they are so inspired by what they've created. So I think you guys are going to love this episode definitely check out her deck. It is truly one of the most beautiful decks I've ever seen. And I cannot wait to use it personally. And this is coming from somebody who like does not play with decks. I'm just super drawn to this deck. Um, and just to give you a little background on Dana herself, like she is a holy fire Reiki master. She's a meditation teacher. She's been dabbling in Oracle and Tarot for going on 25 years almost now. She had a podcast for about four years. She's potentially going to re um, relaunch it here in the near future. I believe it was called the Soul Rising podcast. And she also has, uh, she talks about her degrees, I believe they're in psychology, but she's worked in schools with counseling as well. So she's got clear passion to serve and to support people through just all kinds of Humanness, if you will. And I think that really translates in this deck. So I know you guys are going to love this one. If you are oracle curious, (laughs) definitely check this episode out. Check the show notes on where to find Dana, where to find this deck. And if you enjoy this episode or this podcast, please leave a rating or a review, subscribe, and obviously let me know. Let's stay connected. I will stop talking now, though, so you can listen to this lovely episode, and I will see you on the other side. dana thank you so much for coming on the show today hi claire thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here today i am super excited to have you it's a friday while we're recording this so we're just in a chipper mood over here dana's a taurus sun i'm a taurus rising we're just vibing in the first second day i guess technically of taurus season over here as we record this Oh my gosh. But, um, just to give a little context on how we know each other, we actually met from a mutual friend here in North Carolina, dear friend to both of us. And obviously whenever we, you know, connect with people who were just like resonating and vibing on the same types of topics, like you nerd out on this. So do I, I am always going to stay connected with people like that.
1: Same, same. The second we started talking, I was like, oh, this is my girl. She's into the same stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. We're we're both Damn. five ones for my human design people. We both have the same profile, so we get the projection line. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. I am so excited. I've been following part of this journey. I know it's been way longer than what I've even seen. Um, but Dana has actually created an Oracle deck of her own, which is so beautiful we're going to dive into the details of how you even started doing that why what it is how you envision it being used etc all the fun things but i just always have to like you know go take a step back cuz that's how how i am and how i make sense of the world around me and i just need to know you know how do you even get into oracle in the first place and reading decks like this i know you You're actually, you know, versed in several different modalities and your, you know, quote unquote day job is actually working in schools, if I remember correctly, doing some form of counseling. So it's like you're doing all these things, supporting the community with your gifts. So how do you get into Oracle specifically?
1: Yeah. My story personally goes way back to the late 90s when I was a teenager. And, um, at the time, you know, I knew what tarot was. I had seen it in like, you know, practical magic movies like that, that sort of thing. Um, but I was kind of scared of tarot being raised in a Christian family. Um, but my aunt actually worked for Hay House, which is one of the biggest spiritual publishing companies in North America, well around the world, actually. And my aunt would send my mom and I some product samples every once in a while. And so she sent us an affirmation deck by Louise Hay. That was kind of my first little introduction to actually owning something and using cards and shuffling and pulling an affirmation to help me as a teenager. And so that kind of sparked my interest was just my aunt sending that along And I went to a store called Borders, which is no longer in existence. And um, gosh, what a vibe, though. That was like
0: (laughs) an actual thing. Were you in Charlotte at that time still, too? No, No, I actually
1: lived in Pennsylvania in my high school years, but.
0: Okay. I was gonna just reference the specific borders, which is now a I think it's like a men's suit warehouse. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) It was a local hotspot back in the day. (laughs) It
1: was for us too. I mean, everyone went and hung out there and that sort of thing. And you know, the spirituality section was like this big. It was like the corner of a shelf, you know, back in the 90s. And um, but I remember going over there and again, not wanting a tarot deck. I was scared at that point in my life, but I saw Oracle decks and specifically angel cards by um, Denise Virtue or Doreen Virtue, sorry. And um, I bought one for myself and for probably 15, 10 to 15 years, that was my only deck. I just had this one deck and I would use it very randomly. It was when I was having trouble with a boyfriend or with a friend or not knowing what to do about this college issue. And I would pull it out and get some confirmation. And so that really was the beginning of kind of my love story with cards. Um, I do have a background in professional mental health counseling. So I went to Um, I got an undergraduate degree in psychology and I have a master's in counseling. I did work in, in schools as a traditional school counselor for a number of years. And then I had my children and I started staying home. And that was when my big spiritual awakening happened. And I realized that it was so much more than the mainstream mental health psychology stuff that I was interested in. That was like the tip of the iceberg for me. And so I started diving into all of this stuff and I found that when I fell in love with meditation, then I wanted to take training to become a meditation teacher. And um, I had a past life regression session and then I wanted to become a regression therapist and I had a Reiki session and I became a Reiki master. So I've always kind of followed these little things with the intention of using what I've learned and what has helped me to help other people. And Um, after going through all of those modalities and I started a podcast myself that was active for about four years, I'm taking a little break right now. We might bring it back. We'll see. Um, But after that, I kind of thought, all right, it's time to synthesize these things and write a book. And I wrote the book and I was about 5,000 words in, and I just hit this brick wall. And it was like, I don't know what else to say. And I let it go. I walked away from it for a bit. And then I had this big download that it's actually an Oracle deck and it felt like this full circle moment. It felt like I was going back to that lost teenager standing in borders and I was doing it for her and I was doing it for how much they have helped me over the years. And so I dismantled that book and I turned it into an Oracle deck and we can get more into the process of that later. But that's really how I came to love them and know them Um, and this full circle moment that I've had into actually creating
0: one. Oh my gosh. Anna will laugh because I know she'll listen to this, our mutual Mm -hmm. friend. I'm literally coated in chills as I always am (laughs) when I hear stories like this, that just like they strike that chord. I can tell where this is coming from within you and how much this process moved you and means to you. And I'm glad you brought that up because I literally was going to ask that question of i know that's a thing for authors who you know not that this you you did author this this is a type mm-hmm. of authorship and i know that that's a thing when i meant that in in regard to like books or plays or you know works in the the traditional way that we think of them like it comes through like a download like you have to get it out of you you can't not share this experience That's just sitting within you. And I love that you didn't let it knock you off your feet when, or, or you got back up. It sounds like maybe if it did knock you off your feet, you had a little stutter step there. Um, when you hit that brick wall, because it still needed to come out of you just in a different way than you originally thought it did. And like, what a beautiful way, cause this way you get to actually incorporate visuals with it as well, which is so cool. That's like, to me, I'm so drawn by visuals. Um, And I know you didn't do the art specifically, but I'm sure you had a hand in what you wanted it to look like. Yes.
1: Yeah, I definitely did. (laughs) It was one of those things that evolved over
0: time, for sure. It's, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. So Let's talk about the actual deck now, because I think, first of all, it's called the Inner Compass Oracle, correct? Yeah, you got it. Mm -hmm. The Inner Compass Oracle. Just beautiful. What inspired that name? I think I have ideas, but I'd love to hear you actually speak to it.
1: Yeah. So this was just another download. Um, It just came to me. um, Again, originally, I thought this was a book. So I thought I was writing a book about how to access your Inner Compass Because I feel like that's, that's this phrase that's out there. It's like, well, follow your inner compass or listen to your inner compass. And I thought there's no one out there telling us how to do this, how to listen to our intuition. And so it came to me that listening to our intuition is, is actually this process and my guides, my angels, you know, whoever I connect with my divine team helped me to download meanings for each of the four cardinal directions and so the deck begins, you don't have to use it in the, in this order, but this is where we began is in the east because the sun rises in the east. And so all of the cards in the east section are all about recognizing your divinity within, understanding that you are a divine being having a human experience. And it's imperative that we understand our connection to our divinity in order to be even be able to access our intuition, right? Then we move down to the South and the South is all about our shadow work. So we've seen our huge divine self and now we have to go into the pit of our humanity. And, you know, what are we here to learn? What are we here to process? What are the things we need to transmute and be aware of, right? And go into those shadows and not be afraid to see ourselves fully. And then moving into the West, you take your divinity and your humanity and you find this beautiful self-love. So all of the cards in that section are about loving all parts of yourself and integrating these elements. And finally, in the North, after you've been through all of this, we take inspired action based on our intuition, based on our self-awareness, based on our understanding. And then we begin all over again, don't we? Because we've by now, we've probably forgotten about our divinity. <laughs> And so we have to go back and relearn it. It's a constant process. Um, So that was really the inspiration was giving kind of tangible touch points throughout the deck. There's also visualizations. I rely on your astrology chart and help you to access that. Um, We call on crystal allies to help us with certain things. There's journal prompts, visualizations. There's an affirmation in each deck. So I truly, truly, something I wanted this deck to be different from others is that I wanted there to be really tangible strategies, ways to listen to your intuition, ways to connect with yourself, and to be able to access that beyond just shuffling these cards and getting a message. I wanted it to go much deeper and to be an actual tangible manifestation of some beautiful messages, but to have have grounding here on this earthling. How do we use this, right? So, um, that was the inspiration.
0: <laughs> wow. I'm first of all, so extra excited. I already was excited to get this deck, but like that speaks to me on so many levels. I feel like anybody who's gone through whatever you want to call it, a spiritual awakening an existential crisis, what the hell am I doing on this planet moment, um, and searching for that deeper meaning, that deeper intention in life and just kind of honestly when you're when you're able to just live life more consciously on a daily basis and your level of awareness is raised you can't not notice those cycles going on even if you're not noticing in real time it's it's once you've had that type of moment in your life it's pretty um natural that you will then be able to view them through that lens upon reflection, each moment in your life. Yeah. So You can never go back (laughs) at all. Yeah. The curtain's been pulled back. Like you've seen it now. You can't unsee it. This is the wizard of Oz. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I love that. I'm just like, I have so many thoughts going in my head and I also can see how that went from book format to this. That makes total sense. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, other books similar in that vein of like Discover Your Dharma by Sahara Rose, like that type of book where it's just like guiding you through the steps of like those oh shit moments. How do I even be a human now knowing that I have this divine nature within me as well? (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to just like throw that to the side and pretend that I don't see it now because I have it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that's part of why this wasn't a book because there are books that already do that, but there really are not decks that do this. So mm-hmm. I, I'm carving out sort of that niche in the deck space.
0: Absolutely. I love mm-hmm. that. And I'm going to take a, a pause here for anybody that isn't super familiar with Oracle decks. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I told Dana this before we started recording. Like, I am all into all of the modalities. I love all of this stuff. I am drawn to decks as well, but I just never have had my moment with them yet, we'll say. So I have one deck. Um, we were talking about this before and it's a Postcards from Spirit deck by Colette Baron reed It's awesome. I got it gifted to me at the peak of my existential crisis and similar to your early days of using decks, like I really lean on it randomly, but when I would pull cards and when I do pull cards still from it, it they, they hit every single time. <laughs> like, they land. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to just speak a little bit for... For the noobs out there like me, you know, <laughs> what's the difference even between an Oracle deck and a tarot deck? I'll ask the question so other people don't have to sound dumb.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I love this question. And it it is kind of confusing. It's like, what's the difference here? Um, tarot decks are this set format, these set archetypes. So within tarot, you are always going to see this classic 78 cards. With um, the major and minor arcana structure, so the the major arcana piece of tarot is the Fool's Journey. It is the major spiritual lessons that we are here to learn. The minor arcana are kind of these day to day life um, lessons that we learn, or confirmation of things that are happening in our daily schedule. So a tarot is just always going to have that format, no matter what, no matter what spin um, an author might put on it. It will always have that structure. It can be a bit, it's intimidating. I'm just going to say that because there's 78 cards. It has a bad rap of being connected to the devil, you know, throughout history and time. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I deeply love it though. And it's something that I have come to learn later in my card journey. I think something that is much more softer and more gentle to learn with is an Oracle card deck or an angel card deck. So These will also have archetypes. My deck has archetypes as well, but those are chosen by the author. It's much more freeform. There's no set amount of cards. An oracle card deck could have 24 cards or 58 or whatever. (laughs) There's really no rules with, with oracle. So it can feel much more approachable in that oftentimes there are less cards in an oracle deck than tarot. There's typically not 70 cards in in an Oracle deck. So it just can feel softer and more gentle and more free flowing um, to use an Oracle deck. So that's kind of the major differences between them.
0: That makes total sense. And those were going to be my questions. So thank you. You already addressed them. I was like, I feel when you just said 78 cards, I was like, there's no way that my (laughs) Oracle deck that I have has 78 (laughs) cards in it. So that makes total sense. How many cards does your deck have?
1: Mine has 48. And that was just, again, a divine download, 12 cards per each um, direction. Got More it. Less. Yes.
0: Okay. I want to talk about the actual archetypes that you chose for these cards as well, because honestly, that was part of what drew me in right away. Like, of course, I'm like, oh, mutual friend, making a cool thing. I'm going to be drawn in on some level anyway, but you really hooked me, if you will, (laughs) with the names (laughs) that you chose and the archetypes and the descriptions and the meanings behind them. So like the ones that are coming to my mind that I'm just remembering from some of your videos are like, there's a Leo card, there's a sun card, there's a bubble card, uh, Deep ocean, I think yes, was one of that was them, like yeah. Pluto. So these are all things that I'm just like, those Those words alone are piquing my interest. And then of course, like we've talked about the art drew me in as well, the actual meanings that you assigned to them. So like, where did these come from? Other than, yes, we know that they were downloaded, but how did you land on some of these? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're like, they feel somewhat connected, but also like, it's not like you have just Leo Aquarius, you know, it's not like it's a Zodiac deck or something. It's not like it's a planet deck, Pluto, Jupiter. It's like, it's a combination of all of these things that are tangently related. So I'm just very intrigued like how you landed on these specific ones.
1: Yeah. So when I started that process and I pictured this compass in my hand, um, I saw myself on a journey and it was like, I saw this map and this map of our journey of our human existence involves both the heavens and the earth. So that right away was like my first qualification of like, all of these archetypes are going to be of the heavens and they're going to be of the earth. Um, And so as I moved through this, I can't say that it was like, I came up with all the astrological cards first and then all the earth cards first, but it was sort of this process of like, okay, I know I'm going to have heaven and earth in this and how to, what does that look like? So when the download for the directions came to me, as I moved through each of those directions, I thought about the planets, the astrological signs, and the things that are here on the physical plane that exude kind of the core message of each of those directions. So, you know, for example, the east direction is again, all about, um, Being a divine being, having a human experience, so I thought, okay, well, which astrological signs kind of exemplify that the best? Which planets exemplify that the best? Um, What things here on Earth could 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 do that? And some of those things you'll see in the deck are a bit mystical and kind of out there. Like one card is a magic mirror card, and it was like that doesn't really exist here on the spiritual or the physical plane, but it it exists in my mind. And the message that came through, you know, made sense. So some of them are actual things that do exist, like the planets, the constellations, flowers, or plants here on earth. And some of them were just a bit kind of from my imagination of what I would imagine this journey through our life would be. Um, and so it really was this combination of wanting to marry those those two things, because that's truly like the whole the whole thing, right? It's like, we are just divine here
0: on earth. <laughs> so I had Absolutely. to bring both in. Oh, do you? It's probably a taboo. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite card or even like a favorite in each category in each direction?
1: Oh, goodness.
0: I will say. I, have, I know that's a dynamic question. Yeah. It probably changes at different <laughs> times in your life, right? But are currently as we record this, are you being more drawn or even through the process of creating it? Were you just like yes on some of them?
1: Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I am drawn to some messages more and then some artwork more that my artist pulled through, you know. Mm-hmm. So things like that. Um, but the spider web card is just so magical. The artwork is so, so, so magical. And the message is one that I personally, so I will also say I deeply experienced each of these cards and archetypes as I created them. So as I wrote them, I went through this whole process of the message so that I could communicate it clearly. I think spirit had me experience it very deeply so that I could write about it. Um, And then when my artist created the artwork and it like came through in my email, it was like, I felt like I was hit with another blast of the energy in my life. Um, but you feel seen,
0: right. (laughs) It's been (laughs) translated into a new, uh, medium. That's exactly
1: it. And the spider web card is all about kind of ruminating on something, being stuck in a spider's web and feeling like you have to have that one thing or else you can't move forward. Like, being so hyper focused on something. And I get that way so much. I mean, all of these cards are love letters from my soul to you because I have experienced all of this.
0: (laughs) We both have a one in our profile again, for (laughs) anybody human design related, we do hyper (laughs) fixate. We are the researchers. We are the investigators. When we go down the rabbit hole, you will see us in a month.
1: Exactly. So if I had to pick a card in this moment, that would be it. But like you said, they all resonate for different reasons or at different times for sure.
0: That's awesome. I I think it's interesting too. I just kind of have to like sidebar on this because I feel like it's interesting you pulled that card right now because in, um, I go to a holistic therapist who like does tie in Oracle cards and like art therapy and, you know, plant medicine, all the things that are just not obviously happening in traditional therapeutic sessions, which is obviously why I was drawn to it. Um, and we laugh because I always get this, some form of like a spider card, um, which, you know, sometimes your initial reaction to a spider or any, you know, creepy, crawly type of insect, another arachnids technically, but you know, you're going to be like, Oh, that's what I got. You guys got like ravens. That seems cooler. <laughs> but Okay. Um, But I just think it's interesting because I love how we all interpret these things differently, which I think I want to talk about as well. Yes, we have the guidebooks that always come along with decks. What are your thoughts on them? Because I'm going to just say right now, if based on previous decks that I have pulled a spider card or just my own interpretation of a spider card if I was using this deck without the guidebook I might interpret that as how I am weaving my own path and how it's unique with my web there's no two spider webs that look the same similar to like a snowflake and so it's just interesting so I'm curious what your thoughts are on using the guidebooks that go along to interpret the cards versus Tapping into your own interpretation of them when you pull them.
1: Yeah, I love that you brought this up because I have a whole um, little section in my guidebook about that, about offering the permission slip to anyone who uses my deck or any deck uh, to take the guidebook 100% with a grain of salt. I never want anyone to feel like using my cards that the description that I wrote is the only uh, interpretation of this. I think. Your own gut reaction, your own gut feeling to the card trumps anything that I've written, anything that anyone else has written. And that's really what this deck is is meant to do is is to inspire you to use your own intuition with these cards. And part of that is because, you know, when I was writing this, I, I went through that process where it was like, I could write a million different descriptions for this one animal, this one, Planet, this one constellation, this one thing, and and honestly, some of these cards have shifted and changed over time. I thought they were one thing in the beginning, and then the message changed over time. I realized that actually wasn't what I wanted to say about that thing, um, and so that just goes to show again how many different interpretations there could be. So, yes, I love that you're tapping into that already because that is totally my mindset. Um, that your own intuition is one hundred percent more accurate for you. what the guidebooks say.
0: Yeah. I mean, that goes, that goes in line with the name of the the deck (laughs) itself, right? (laughs) It's your inner compass at the end of the day, not that the outer compass, but yeah, I, I, with anything like that, really, like, you know, if you are using a crystal, if you're Mm -hmm. pulling a card, if you're hearing a certain, you know, like a solfeggio frequency, if we're talking about from the sound side of things, like an angel number, I always from the early days have decided I'm gonna just pause for a second and tap into what I'm feeling first before I Google it or before I read the guidebook or before I do whatever the, you know, the resource, the reference point is before I actually use that because I wanna know. I'm not doing it to like check how accurate I am and how aligned it is with it, but to me those types of things, we're using them to tap into ourselves to your earlier point. Like that's the purpose of them, or at least that's the way that I use these types of tools. And I want to know, you know, how I can use them to their best ability, which is why I do end up reading the guidebook or Googling the thing so that I can understand it after the fact. But first and foremost, I'm like, what is this bringing up in me? And why did I just see this? Why do I keep seeing 444 or whatever it is? You know, what am I feeling right now? What am I going through right now? That's maybe bringing this up before I'm like Googling it and then creating all this meaning based on what the internet told me.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that, that really is just it. And I love that you have kind of done that naturally because I don't, I think other people, myself included, I have leaned on other people, and maybe you've done this too, but you've just gone through the process. But it's really easy to lean on what someone else tells you, and to put more stock and more faith in what someone else is channeling for you, or or what they feel called to tell you. But at the end of the day, there is literally nothing that is more strong than your own connection to your higher power, your connection to source, and um, I think we downgrade and downplay that in our society. We're just taught to respect authority and respect other people rather than valuing ourselves. And I think that that's shifting and changing. I really do. Um, But it, it it just, it's important to just reinforce that, that
0: you have your
1: own power.
0: I fully agree. And yeah, let's, let's be clear. I definitely was doing that stuff in the beginning, but early on, I was like, I, I like, I switched gears because I, I wasn't, Always resonating so much with that, but I had a strong feeling that was coming up and I'm like, okay, like I probably need to be paying a little bit more attention to that piece of it as well uh, versus just completely disregarding it. And I agree with what you just said about we, so many of us, I think a lot of women, especially like we're just taught to kind of downplay our own intuitive hits and our own senses, because oftentimes our, our body, our intuition, whatever that like deeper wisdom is, is going to give us some sort of message before our logical brain can actually make quote unquote sense of it. So we can't articulate it. We can't explain it. I don't know why I just know. Um, (laughs) And that's not been an acceptable answer in society for Oh, thousands of years at this point. So I think that, um, I think you're right. I agree. I think it's shifting. And I also think uh, a part of kind of the the current generation that we live in, where we are at today in the world in 2023, I think another added challenge to trusting our own wisdom is that we have these resources at our fingertips. We literally can Google and get an answer in three seconds what it means. So why would I take three minutes even to tap into my own body when I could just Google it and they could tell me.
1: Oh my gosh, so true. Yes. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It, it's even more of a challenge. And I think that's why having blind faith about your own intuition is actually one of the most challenging things you can possibly do. But um it, it's time to do that. It's time for us all to do that.
0: I agree. And I think that's why I I love seeing things like this, like what you've created, because I think it's, it's such a great tool. Yes. To get those questions answered when you have them, but also to deepen that trust in your intuition and to really connect with your inner compass. Like this is such a good um, practice tool, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it to really just get in tune with the the resonance that you actually want to be at. Like what, what level of frequency are you trying to be at on a daily basis? What energy are you trying to give off? Like, I'm not trying to get so woo-woo over here. Like we're all just energy actually. And we're giving off vibes. Like whether you wanna call it that or not, we are. Um, we're giving off vibrations. You can mm-hmm. literally tell when you're sitting next to somebody who's like simmering with anger versus when you're talking to somebody who's, radiating cheer, you can feel physically feel the difference in that. And I think we all have these spectrums within us. Like, yes, you can be a cheerful person, but like that person also has the ability to be simmering with anger. And I think when we can tap into our inner compass and we can tune into all sides of ourselves, which is totally what your deck is teaching us how to do, That's when we can have more autonomy over actually choosing in each moment, again, back to that level of awareness, choosing in each moment, okay, do I want to fall back into this lower expression pattern or do I want to actually choose the higher road here and know that I have the the option to go either way?
1: Uh, Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because I think there's a lot of cards that I put in my deck with... The intention of it simply being a permission slip to feel how you want to feel. I think there's a lot of toxic positivity out there that pushes us to, to blow past the difficult emotions. And so I did put some cards in here intentionally to say, you don't have to be positive right now. That's all right. You will get there. <laughs> You'll move through this, but in this moment, you need to be where you are. That is something that is so brushed over in our culture. It's like, there's no time to stop and feel your feelings you have to keep producing and keep working and keep going. And that is just so not the way that the intuition and our bodies and our souls work. I mean, we're here to process these emotions and to have these experiences. And to do that is to dismiss our very humanity. And so, um, yeah, that's a huge message that I wanted to put across is, There's tons of positivity in these cards too. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but I had to also bring space to feel how we, how we feel, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Though I'm, and I'm so glad. And I got that message right away when you were explaining just the four points, the four sides of it, because it's essential. Just, it speaks to our wholeness, I think Mm -hmm. is what's coming to my mind. And I've been having thoughts about this actually a lot, probably because I'm, been going through Aries season, my 12th house, uh, over the past month, you know, and I've been having a lot of these deeper subconscious things kind of floating around in my conscious mind over the past month. And one of the biggest messages that came through, which is maybe just so we could talk about all this today is like, yeah, it's just that it's that when we don't pretend those lower expressions, those lower emotions, those lower feelings are coming through us when we just kind of push those aside we we leave them in the dark back to your point of the south being the shadow like we leave them in the shadows mm-hmm. that's when they come out to play we're basically dulling our own awareness by pretending that we're not aware that they exist and that's when they just continue to haunt you in your waking hours <laughs> and probably sleeping hours and i think it's just kind of a funny uh you know Counter-belief here that comes up that when we actually do shine a light on them. And my experience, in the experience I've seen plenty of other people do as well, when we acknowledge them and we accept them and we are okay with them actually being there, because to your point, we're all just humans, Mm -hmm. that's when the level of awareness raises and goes back to what I was just saying earlier: of in the moment, (laughs) you can feel when it's coming up because you're not pretending it's not. And you're then able to be much more likely to choose the higher road. I don't yeah. know. That's something that's come yeah. up a lot for me over the past month. So I think it's just funny because now it feels full circle. Like, oh, thank God I get to talk to somebody about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I think when we shove those things down, they're still going to come up. You're going to feel that anger from someone who has not processed their anger, who maybe thinks they're happy and great, even though it's it's just simmering <laughs> below the surface. So it totally. is totally the choice you're right mm-hmm. yeah I love and that. that is I love
0: coming up it's palpable too like just because mm-hmm. you're portraying kind polite words or whatever it is like doesn't mean I can't feel that you actually are feeling some type of way underneath the surface <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Well, I do want to ask too, because I'm always just curious. Like, do you have a specific way that you usually use your decks? I know you probably use them all differently, but if we want to just talk about this one, even like how have you been using this? Knowing that again, everybody can use it in their own way. Yes. Are there specific questions that you've been asking? Um, you know, I'm just curious.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really have, um, I've always just had this relationship with the cards where I find when I try to do something that is, um, strict or binding, like I'm going to pull a card every single day, or I'm going to set my intention for the month. Um, I find that I fall off the bandwagon with that. And then it just produces shame and guilt and whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yup. Same here
1: exactly and um i just think it feels better if i just listen to my intuition on when i want to pull cards now i will say i do have some anchor points that are um in my system and in my schedule so every new and full moon without fail i always pull cards for myself and on Instagram, I create these, these spreads that have three questions for each lunation. And so I put that out there to the world, but I also use it for myself personally to draw three cards, um, to just kind of give myself a moment of pause. So I know that if I, if I don't c- pull any cards in between, I will always be pulling them every two weeks, but I always, I do pull it between, you know, but, um, I do have those kind of anchor points in, in my schedule that I just don't deviate from. And that works for me. Um, I do enjoy, I will go for stretches where I pull a card every single day. And that's very, very helpful. And other times where I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good right now. Um, uh, messages are coming to me in other ways. I don't really need the cards. I'm picking up on things with my intuition or, or whatever, you know? Um, so it's really free, free form and free flowing. The thing that I do always ask in every reading, sometimes I have specific questions about my career or my marriage or my kids or, you know, whatever, but I always just ask that the messages that come through would be in my highest and greatest good. And I think that that's really important to ask for and to be clear about. And I think my cards are tuned to the vibration of the highest and greatest good, but I just always like to specify that and to just make sure that that's clear. And I say that out loud, whether I'm pulling for the collective on Instagram or on a podcast or pulling for myself. And um, sometimes I just come to the card with no questions at all. It's like, I just whatever. Just tell me what I need to know right now for my highest and greatest good. And so some people might not love this answer for me because it's not like, oh, you need to ask this question or, or do these things but that's just what worked for for me, you know?
0: Absolutely. Honestly, that's very you're you're making me as a total novice feel really good about myself because that's but. actually exactly <laughs> how I use but. my single deck as well. Um I treat it very similarly and I would say most often it's some variation of those days when you go to it, you're usually seeking some sort of guidance. Like you're kind of feeling a little lost, like lacking clarity in whatever way, or just lacking, lacking some sort of groundedness, whatever it is. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm wanting something, I guess, Mm -hmm. whenever I tend to be drawn to pulling a card. And I always ask some variation of, you know, please show me whatever I need to see today to keep me aligned with my highest self and my best yes. timeline, you know, Perfect. um yes. some variation of that. And it like I said, it always hits, it always lands in the way that I need it to. And I think whatever works for you works for you. But I love that you use it in that way as well. Cause I think that again just opens it back up to being able to be interpreted however you need it to be interpreted in that moment.
1: That's right. And, and, you know, I do want to add on to this too, that pulling a card and then not reflecting on it or not having some sort of integration process. is just like going to therapy and then not implementing the things that your therapist suggests to you. So come to these as the true guidance that they are not just my deck, any deck at all, and do some sort of process afterwards to integrate the messages, journal about it, Call a friend, call a family member, tell them what the card said and and talk through it with them or um, some sort of processing. Take the card with you, have it in your purse throughout the day and just be thinking about this and how is this showing up or how can I align with this? Um, Something else needs to be done other than just pulling the card and going, okay, cool. Bye. And, you know, back to your day. So (laughs) had to make that little caveat too.
0: I'm glad you did. I feel like that goes back to the inspired action piece of your deck. I think that's, you know, I think we see this being embedded in the spiritual community, whatever you want to call it, where it's like a lot of people are doing um, the east, south and west. But not as many people are tying it full circle with the north direction that you (laughs) included there. With the actual integration piece, um, which is really the whole point at the end of the day, knowing something is not the same as behaving in alignment with that thing. And, you know, unfortunately, I think we see that all the time, whether in the spiritual community or not. It's like knowledge is not the only piece of the puzzle. You actually need to take it with you, let it sink in and do its work through your behavior as well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I, you know, it is very hard to do. Um, and and I think that's also why the spiral kind of came to me, because if you don't integrate it and you don't do it, that's fine. You're just going to go back around. It'll come back up. Things come back up again in our lives over and over again with different players, different people, different situations until we continue to meet them with our newly evolved self. And um that's just always going to happen. That's
0: actually one of the messages in the of one of my cards too, so. Beautiful. Of course it is. Not <laughs> surprising. Oh my gosh. Well, if you are open to it, I would love to do a card pull because why not? I feel like we've probably piqued the interest of listeners here and I would love to do that for them and for just us today. That sounds fun.
1: Let's do it. So, Um, As long as you are not driving anyone listening, I would love for us all to just kind of close our eyes really quickly. Taking a deep breath in through the nose.
0: And exhale through the mouth. And just imagine a golden light of
1: protection surrounds you as you listen. And I call in now any beings of the highest vibration and the purest intention to give us a message today that is in our highest and greatest good. And I ask that our hearts and minds would be softened and opened to hearing these messages and taking that inspired, intuitive action today to integrate the messages that come forward. We offer gratitude at this time for all those beings that are present here.
0: And so it is. You can open your eyes if you like, as I shuffle. (laughs) Can't make this stuff up. I'm going to pull two cards. I hope we have time for that, Claire. Oh, absolutely. Please.
1: So of course, the card that I just referenced not a moment ago came up and it is the Nautilus card. Now, this is one of the very first cards that I wrote, and I will read you the actual description so that you can hear the message in these words. This is card number 44, if you are into the numerology of cards. And so this is the Nautilus, the three keywords, I have three keywords for each card. And for the Nautilus card, they are inspired action, (laughs) evolution, and spiral path, all things we've been discussing today. So the message says, the Nautilus lives deep in the sea inside a shell that forms a spiral pattern during the growth process. As the Nautilus becomes larger, it moves into a new chamber within its shell, then seals the one previously used. This creature is a cephalopod that has lived on earth for over 500 million years. When the Nautilus card appears, you are being called to take inspired action based on the sum of your experiences in life. Just as the Nautilus continually moves into new chambers, you are also constantly becoming a new being in the eternal process of evolution. This process is causing old habits and situations to spiral back around, which are in need of addressing again. This message might cause frustration as you may feel that you have already worked on a particular area of your life or have previously let go of something that is again coming to the surface. With each pass along this spiral path, you gain more insight, wisdom, clarity, and maturity. Each time you face the same old issue in a new way, you are given the chance to not only try again, but to use a higher perspective gained by your past experience. It is an honor to reach a new level of growth. Call upon the wisdom that you have acquired to inform choices that will approach a familiar problem in a new way. Reach deeply inside to make a choice that is aligned with the new version of you. If you can find acceptance for the spiral-shaped path of healing that you are on, the process will become infinitely easier. Confidently let go of what no longer serves you, even if you've done it many times before. Make a wisely inspired decision and trust that you are ready to move into the next chamber of your life. And the reminder that goes with this card says, like the Nautilus, you grow in wisdom with each release and inspired action.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. If, not, if that didn't resonate for anybody else, it definitely did for me. <laughs> me too. Hey, me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Coming yeah. out of that 12th house twelfth 12th house hole, that just feels mm-hmm. so accurate, especially since we literally just had a uh, an eclipse yesterday. So <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's just funny because I literally just referenced this card and then of course it pops out. Yep. So that's that message. That is a card I'm sure you can guess since we've discussed the directions. That one's from the North. So that's about taking inspired action. And then we have a second card that came up from the East, which is the beginning. This is the Star card. And this is actually the artwork that is on the cover of the box on the cover of the book. Um, I love this card so, so much. Uh, this card is number six. And let me pull up my description here for you to read it to you. Number six, the keywords for the Morning Star card are bridge between worlds, humanity, and divinity. The message with this card says, at the moment of transition between morning and night, a beautiful star glimmers above the horizon. Often called the Morning Star, this celestial body isn't actually a star at all, it's the planet Venus. Regardless of name, the Morning Star is a bridge between the spirit realm and the earth plane. It shines brightly in the time between dark and light. This card offers the reminder that you are also a bridge between two worlds. You are simultaneously eternal stardust and a human experiencing a finite amount of time on this planet. You are here to honor the part of you that is divine, while also fully experiencing all that it means to be a human. This causes quite a big of t- bit of tug and pull between multiple aspects of who you are. Sometimes you might be enveloped into the human experience and caught up in the trappings of life here on earth. In other words, you might let your spiritual practices or faith dwindle because of pressure to focus on daily tasks, work, relationship, etc. Other times you might want to only spend time following your spiritual pursuits and pulling away from worldly activities. You might prefer to hermit away from others and be with the divine through meditation time in nature, or other spiritual practices. Give yourself permission to be wherever you are at this moment. Lean into the human experience when you need to and sink into your divine essence when that feels relevant. Remember that you are all at once, the entirety of the cosmos and the details on a blade of grass wrapped into one incredible being. No matter what you're experiencing, you are not just enough, you are everything. And the reminder with this card is you are a magical bridge between heaven and earth.
0: Wow. Again, I feel like those go hand in hand, honestly.
1: They They definitely do. And
0: I think that one's going to resonate with everybody. If again, like I think they both are, but that If you haven't gotten to the north direction yet on your path in any way, shape, or form, most of us have at least hit the east path, that starting point. And I know I definitely sit in that space, both of those spaces. Uh, Some days I just don't want to be a human at all. And other days I'm like, I don't have time for anything but being a human today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and then you know in the midst of feeling that tug and pull we we still have to take that inspired action and in the and those um taking those divine downloads and and doing something with them um but it's about listening to where you need to be right now that's how I would marry those two cards right um sometimes your inspired action is retreating away from the world and other times it is being in the human space and and that's okay right both of them are are part of you and who you are and so leaning into that is is the name of the game.
0: Fully agree, fully agree, and I think that yeah, sometimes when you can go too deep down that spiritual rabbit hole, it can be hard to remember that like you are a human for a reason, and like you actually do need to ground it back in sometimes. want to and I get yeah, I know it, I know it. You're like of course, like we're talking about Venus over here and I'm like, my Venus is in Pisces. And yeah, my Venus does not like to be a human at all.
1: (laughs) So interesting. (laughs) Tug and pull you
0: have. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All the time. Literally all the time. I joke that I'm married to somebody who just is like so many earth placements in their chart. My husband has a Capricorn stellium. Mm. including his rising end moon. And (laughs) he truly anchors me. Like I would float away if it were not for (laughs) somebody holding me tethered to the ground.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that you can provide that for each other because I'm sure you also bring him into a more dreamy kind of a place that he wouldn't go to. Oh yeah. Maybe you're nudging. So,
0: well, his, uh, his Venus is in Virgo just for yeah. any astrology nerds out there. So we're polar opposites in our Venuses. So yeah, that's 100% what we do for each other. It's like the push pull within, which is lovely. But anyway, I digress. I just, that's where <laughs> no, it took me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love oh my gosh. Well, Thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. I obviously was really, it hit, it lands. Oh, thank <laughs> I you. loved it. And I know that we now just need to talk about like, I, I think probably everyone's going to be buying this deck. So like, where can we find it? It will definitely be past April 28th, which I know is when you're opening it up for pre-launch, pre-order. Um, so by the time this is published, That'll be available. Where can we find it? How can we do that? Give us all the details, please.
1: Yeah, you can go to my website, which is danawitby.com, W-H-I-T-B-Y. And um, you will see the Intercompass Oracle link at the top there. And so you can go ahead and pre-order that. I am expecting the decks to be done printing by the end of June or early July, 2023. So you can expect them to ship around that time. And I am offering a discount code. If you want 15% off, you can enter the code COMPASS15 at checkout to shave a little bit off there for you. So I just appreciate all the support so, so much. And I hope that this deck um, really helps to inspire you to listen to your intuition a bit more deeply and to get to know yourself on a whole new level.
0: Amazing thank you so much. And for a generous discount code, like, yes, please. We were already going to get it. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us today. I know that you definitely made me want to hang out with you more. Number one, hey, let's do it. <laughs> I want to stay connected for sure. And, um, I love this conversation. I think the listeners will too. Obviously guys, if you did leave a rating, leave a review, let Dana and I know, I know that we both love interacting with people because we just like nerding out about these topics. Anyway, we just like talking about them. So definitely let us know and I will see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening.